to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. We trust that you will enjoy today's message and that it will encourage you to grow deeper in your relationship with Christ our Savior. I'm going to just briefly talk about being with Jesus. And uh, it's, it's, uh, from the onset, I want to say I'm not, I'm not sharing this message out of, out of a place of that I'm getting this right, okay, all of the time or even half the time, okay. It's, it's just a word that I feel the Holy Spirit is laying on my heart, speaking to me about personally, um, and I felt that He wanted me to share that with, with the rest of us as well. And um, to kick things off, I want to ask you, how is, how is your time, your personal time, of being with Jesus like? Quantity and quality. Okay? How much time do you spend with Jesus on a weekly basis or on a daily basis? And what is the quality of that time? Um, because, uh, yeah, let me not run ahead. So think about that. And, and when I talk about quantity, I'm talking about, about frequency as well. Not just like I spend like two hours on a Monday with God, with Jesus, and then only next Monday again. Okay, so frequency talks about how regular um, that kind of a thing. Okay, so this is, it's going to be different for you than the person next to you, etc. Okay, so there's not, a, there's not a hectic right or wrong thing that I'm bringing here that, that oh, I need, to, I need to attain to that. Okay, it's something that I believe that, that, that God is just stirring in my heart and in our hearts to make it a priority. Okay, so we're going to look at a couple of scriptures and uh, the first one is a little bit of an odd one, but I, I, felt, I felt specifically God wanting me to just talk about this scripture first and then get to the other two. And um, this is, because, it's, because this is also a worship evening, and, and we often, when we come together as a church or as a small group, we worship together in song. Okay? We obviously, anything in our life is worship unto God, but specifically when we also singing, when we are worshiping God in song, I believe God is asking me the question, is your heart really in it? And uh, read with me this scripture, um, Isaiah 29. says, The Lord says, These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is made up, of only, uh, up only of rules taught by men. And what he's really saying there is that we, there's, there's a, like a type of a form of godliness, religion that we go through. Um, a lot of us, part of our testimony is we've grown up in church, but we've never really encountered Christ in church. Um, and, and we think, sometimes we think we, con- we make that connotation with more traditional churches that that is a setup. But I want to say that within us as a, as a charismatic type of church, um, that that is the case as well. When is it typically that we lift up our hands? When the music picks up, <laughs> Right? We, 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 we get into a mode, we get used to how things normally happen. Um, and when, this, when, the, when the slower song comes up and a deeper song, then we all become a little bit more somber and that, that kind of thing. So there's nothing wrong with that, okay? There's nothing wrong with that. It's great. We need to engage with God. And I just want to just, in all of what we are doing, whether we're clapping hands, whether we're jumping up and down, whether we're falling on our knees, whether we are just... Just maintain it. The, the question really is, is our hearts in it, or are we just giving God lip service? And I want to I encourage you that when we come together as a small group, when, we come to, when you go into your quiet time, 
Have some time of where you are prepare yourself to meet with God. Because so often we come so rushed into church or so rushed into small group or so rushed into quiet time with Jesus that we really struggle to just switch off of all the other stuff. Like maybe around about the third or the fourth song, you, we, we often get, okay, now I'm experiencing God's presence. But imagine if we can, just before we come to church, um, have already done away with all of the distractions. Imagine if we all, that like when the first note hits, or when we walk into the door, it's not a matter of I'm coming into God's presence. It's a matter of I'm already in God's presence. I'm just, I'm just further just walking. I'm bringing God's presence with me in a sense. So I want to encourage us that, that there's so much, even in, in terms of the quality of the time that you spend with Jesus, that you can, I want to say, increase if we approach it right. If you go on a date, speaking of Valentine's Day, gentlemen, if you go on a date, yeah, you don't want to... Is there cricket on Valentine's Day, by the way? No. <laughs> Point made. Okay. You don't want to go on a date with a lady and the cricket is on. And your mind is actually at the cricket. Worst thing is you go into a restaurant and the cricket is on just over her shoulder. <laughs> I hate that. I've, come in, I've, I've gotten used to the the habit of if there's a television in a restaurant that I deliberately sit with my back to it. Not, not, beca- not because there's anything wrong with the television, but because it's sport, it is going to catch my eye. And it's not because I don't love my wife. It's just, a matter, it's just it catches my eye, and I'm going to get involved in that thing, in that game. And uh, I can't engage with her. But it's the same with us when we spend time with Jesus. There's so many things that often distract us. And I want to say this thing. In our generation, it's amazing to put it on flight mode. Okay? People with an emergency can get a hold of you afterwards. Okay? If you use your, 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 a Bible app on your phone to have quiet time, put it on flight mode. Do yourself a favor. Because inevitably what's going to happen is a message is going to pop up. Now imagine having a conversation with your wife or somebody close to you and, and, and there comes a message and it, and it beeps up. You say, just, just one second. And, and she's busy sharing her heart with you. Just, sorry. Um, okay, yeah, what were you saying? I, I really value what you're saying. It, it, <laughs> it, not. <laughs> yeah. All right, so there's a lot of stuff that distract us. And I want to say one of these can be one of those distractions. This can be an amazing tool um, to help with the quality, but it can also be a big distraction from doing away with the quality of time that you can actually spend with God. Okay, so just an encouragement. When you come to worship God, make sh- like try your best to not let it be just lip service to God. And one of the best ways to do that is to actually prepare your heart before you actually come to the meeting. Um, say, God, what is it that you... Show me what is in your heart, not only for yourself, but for the rest of the body. What, what, Lord, what is on your heart? Come show me who you are. I'm here to meet with you. Okay, next, next scripture. This is, this is, a, this is a story of, of Mary and Martha. Um, their brother Lazarus died a little bit later on in the gospel. And that's uh, the guy that Jesus then rose, uh, rose from the dead. But here's where Jesus, on the, uh, the first time he comes to them, Luke 10 from verse 38. 
As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Now, especially for a lot of you that's sitting here are very involved in church, and you can relate to the Martha story. I, I relate to it as well, where there's so many preparations that need to be made prior to when Jesus arrives, or, or, Jesus, or the guests are already here, and now there's all, all of this stuff that needs to happen. And with us in a church context, yes, that stuff really needs to happen. The sound needs to be set up, the worship, you guys need to practice. There's all sorts of practicalities that needs to happen. But I want to say the first and foremost important thing of why you are doing that is so that we can sit at Jesus' feet. At some stage, you need to switch off of all of the practicalities, and you need to engage with who God is and what He is saying. And for us who serve a lot, that is often difficult. And for us who are very detailed focus, I'm one of those. I pick up, when I walk into church in a morning service, in three minutes I can pick up everything that is not in place that should normally be in place. And I need to deliberately switch off of that and engage with the people and engage with God. Because those things are really peripheral things. Those things are like... The key thing is about Jesus. Who He is, what He is saying, and what He's busy doing in His people. Um, so I want to encourage you, you that serve a lot of places. Like, yes, do, do the hard work. Do the grind work. And I remember when I started doing articles... Oh, no, it was even, even before then. Um, I, had a, I had a lunch date with a recruiting director of Deloitte. Here's a couple of Deloitte people here. Give me a wave. Oh, there's only you. Okay, the others aren't yet this evening. <laughs> there, there are quite a few. Um, but I had, a, I had a lunch date with the recruiting director of, of Deloitte, and he wasn't, he wasn't so I don't think he is yet. Um, he, didn't, he didn't know God, but a lot of his advice was like, you need to get stuck into your work in such a way that you can get at such a place where you can actually lift up your head out of your work and actually engage with, 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 the, with the environment around you. His angle was so that I can learn as much in the environment, in the corporate environment, and learn from the business and stuff. Me being having a relationship with Jesus, I translated that completely different, and I was just like, so that I can get to the people's hearts, so that I can spend time with the people here, here where, where they are at. But, but that's really the thing with us in, in church as well. We want to get... So if there are practicalities that need to happen, um, then get stuck into it, but get your head out of that to engage with who Jesus is, what He is saying, what He's busy doing. Um, because, I mean, when, when Jesus arrived at Martha's home, I mean, it's not like Jesus sent an SMS to Martha and saying, hey, I'm on my way, I'll be there in an hour. She didn't have time to prepare her home. Okay, he arrived in the village, and she opened up the home and received him into her home. We don't know what the home looked like at that stage. Um, 
whether the bed was made, whether the dishes was washed, we don't know what time of day it was. There's all sorts of practicalities. So um, having a wife myself, I know that you are very concerned about the way your home looks when you receive guests. Okay, gentlemen? Yes. Um, <laughs> take note. All right. So you can help in that, but if you're not married yet, um, oh, let me park that. All right. As I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to distract. I'm going to get distracted. Um, all right. But here's, here's the thing. There's, there's three key things that Martha was, that, that kept Martha from actually also sitting at Jesus' feet. And the one thing that, that, that Scripture tells us there, that Martha was, in verse 40, distracted by all of the preparations that needed to be made. It's not negating that there needed to be preparations needed to be made. It's just the fact that that distracted her from the core purpose of why Jesus actually came to visit that home. Okay. The other thing is if we read Jesus' response to her in verse 41. It says, you are worried and upset about many things. And there's some of us here this evening that struggle to connect with God because you're really worried and upset about many things. You are upset about how leadership this, or the country this, or the stock markets that, or your boss that, or your dog that, or your child didn't sleep at night um, for the how manyth week in a row. And like, God, really? Um, and that is, that there, is, there are certain legitimate worries, okay, that God wants us to bring to Him. What is in another portion of Scripture that He says? So like, He says, do not be, this, this is also this is Philippians 4, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, with thanksgiving, bring, make your requests known to God and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your mind. So it's not, it's, not, it's not saying don't have worries. It's just a matter of what do you do with your worries. Like you bring it to his feet. We try to sort out our worries before we actually go and sit at his feet. But he's saying just bring all your baggage with. <laughs> and sit down and listen. Open up your heart to listen to me. Um, and, and one thing that, I, that I've realized that helps me sometimes, especially in the times when I'm very distracted, like you, you come into, you, you, you want to have quiet time, and you sit at, you, you're like, you're there. And the moment you open Scripture, everything that you need to do sort of rushes through your mind. There are a lot of people like, yeah. You start, oh, I need, I, I need to remember that. Oh, I need to remember that. What helps me is if I have a notebook or a journal or a diary or whatever, and I actually, I write it down, and I leave it. I write it because you're afraid that you're going to forget it, so you think about all of the practicalities about it. So I write it down, and then I leave it there. And even if it takes you 10 minutes just to do that, to get it out of the way, and saying, I'll deal with it later, or even take those things, and Lord, I really need your input on these things, to maybe just pray about it later, or even right there and then. But we often, we, we come into God's presence, and we're, like, we, we're not present. Um, and you can have the most frequent quiet times with God and the longest quiet times with God, but if you're not present, it doesn't help. Rather, spend less time with God and be present. 
and be there and hear what it is that he, that he is saying. And I've just, oh, leading up to to last weekend. Last weekend was a was a was a great, was an amazing weekend ministry wise. But I want to say that I was physically, mentally, not mentally, men- mentally I was okay. <laughs> Emotionally, is what I mean. Um, I was at the end of myself. Um, what happened is the previous uh, the previous weekend um, went down to the Cape to to go and do a wedding. Christine and I we did like a first time breakaway in like two years since Amy Louise was born. So it's the first time that we are going away alone for the weekend. The, the, week, uh, the wedding was the Friday evening at an amazing time in Hermanus. Went to sleep at her parents' place in Betty's Bay. Sunday morning, very early, woke up and her back started just going into spasms again. She struggled. She's got the back injury. Couldn't move. And we were due to fly back on the Sunday afternoon. Our children, my dad and my stepmom, they came to sleep over for the weekend, so they were with them. She couldn't move. Now, luckily, my dad, my father-in-law, he's a neurosurgeon, so he kind of knows what to do with backs. Um, but basically, she was bedridden for the next week. So she couldn't move. She couldn't fly back. I was alone at home with the children. And a lot, I want to thank you guys uh, who, who really offered his on and everybody that, that offered help. Um, and and it, was, it, it was tricky to, 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 to kind of... Um, on a, on a long range, just just bring in the help because the children really needed my presence or Christine's presence. Now, I needed to go to work, drop off Elaine at school, um, kind of a thing. So I could arrange somebody maybe to look after Amy Louise and the children at times, but really I just, I'd work in the mornings, in the afternoons, spend time with the children, and then in the evenings, either at a meetings or um, try to prepare for, Camp. We some of the students are here. We went on a camp the Friday and the Saturday. So, yeah, it was just I couldn't. I could literally not like spend much time actually in the Word with Jesus. And I went into the weekend into the camp, and the children came by, came with. By the way, Shauna came with as well, and she she looked after the children, and they had an amazing time. And but like. I wanted to prepare in the evenings, but now sometimes one of the two struggles to sleep, and then I'd lie a little bit with them just for them to just pipe down, and then I come out there, and I just feel like a zombie, and then I basically just pass out. And uh, so, students, by the way, I never prepared for the camp, okay? Sorry about that. (laughs) Um, But... Uh, hopefully you'd agree that God's grace was amazing just in, to, to see how he still enabled me to be able to present whatever, what God was busy doing and stuff. So I look back over the course of the... And, and then there was the first year service on Sunday as well, which a lot of you were at and you helped out amazingly. And I didn't have time to prepare a sermon. I woke up like at 5 o'clock on the Sunday morning, put a sermon together like in an hour, hour and a half, and went to the morning service with the children and then in the in the afternoon went to the went to the student service and once again i look back at it and i, I look at it and, and and i can't measure what god did in the quality in the quantity of time the amount of time that i spent with jesus but i could measure what god was what he did in the quality of time that i did actually spend time with god um, so even though you're running around like a headless chicken i want to encourage you make time even if it's 5 minutes in the day 
to, to just press the pause button and say, Lord, here I am. I'm like empty. <laughs> I really need you. Um, amen. Okay. So what, if there are distractions, get, get rid of those distractions. If there are worries, bring those worries to God. Um, if there are things that upset you, like bring it to God. Like so often, and especially if you're married, what we often do is when we're upset about something, what do we do? We vent to our wife or to our husband first. And what happens? He or she becomes as upset as you are about that thing. <laughs> yeah, and it's fine to, to bring those things to your spouse, but inevitably either you need to take it to God or the two of you need to t- together take it to God because otherwise it becomes a whining session. Okay. Not cheese and wine, wine. Okay. <laughs> if you have children who whines, like, you know what I'm talking about, and it just continues on and on and on. All right, so last scripture. Here's a warning. Time with Jesus will cause you to become like him. Acts 4, verse 8. And, and, and often when we talk about becoming like Jesus, we think peace, joy, love. Yes, that is part of it. I'm going to sketch you a little bit of a different picture here, or just the other side of the coin. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being caught, okay, by the, just a little bit of background here. This is just after Peter healed a crippled beggar. I think it was, was his hand um, that was, it was like that from birth. I don't know if it was like that, but basically it was, it was yeah. and, and so, um, so Peter heals this guy, and now they're being called in front of the religious rulers. Okay, just shake somebody next to you. Okay. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ, by the, by the way, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. And then a couple of verses later, but Peter and John replied, so they basically told them, you're not allowed to preach in this name anymore. But Peter and John replied, Judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. And I, I, I hear a lot of conversations with people. If I say, like, I had one like that this morning, actually. Like, we can really need your help in discipling the students. And the reply was, I don't think I'm ready yet. So, and then I said, I disagree. <laughs> um, and I, I just said, I think you're selling yourself a little bit short. But the thing is, is that we get everything we need by spending time with Jesus. Peter and John, they were unschooled men. Now, yes, they did spend three years with Jesus. So there is a time where we need to mature a little bit. 
But I want to say that we mature the most when we actually start giving of ourselves. And the key thing is here is that we, we become like Jesus if we are with Jesus. And what happened here is the, the Sanhedrin didn't see that they had joy and that they had peace and that they had a lot of love. They, they saw the boldness by which they spoke confidently of the truth that they knew. We often think that if I go into the workplace and I display a good character, then people will take notice that I was with Jesus. But it's with the boldness that we live out our faith that people take note and say, oh, wait a minute, those other things are very important. Because if you are a very irritable person, it maybe, maybe doesn't show that's such a good testimony. Okay, but spending time with Jesus does form your character. It does make you more patient. The fruit of the Spirit will grow. I'm not negating that. I'm just bringing this angle of that if we spend time with Jesus, it gives us courage. It gives us boldness to actually be who God has called us to be. And so often we, we go into our workplaces and we know that we're not supposed to be talking about religion. We, we, we kind of get it in the policies or in your orientation or, or whatever. But check what Peter and John's response was there. Okay, It's... This is kind of their policy at your work, most of your people's work. You're not allowed to talk about religion, really. Maybe here and there. If you have a safe boss like Peter, then maybe you can. <laughs> Peter is not the boss, he is a safe boss. Okay? Who's also, also in church with us. Um, is judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. And we often choose to suppress what we've seen and heard because we are afraid of what the backlash might be. Now, I want to just say from the onset, be wise in the way that you approach it at your workplace. Okay? I'm not saying like go in guns blazing, go in very unwise, that kind of a thing. But there are times when God is going to set up that is like a moment. And if you're going to back off out of a place of where God has set that moment up, then you might miss a moment for that, that might change your life for eternity. So I want to say that time with Jesus, enough time with Jesus is going to produce boldness as well. Time with Jesus forms our character amazingly. The fruit of the Spirit is going to come out. We are going to become more and more like Jesus in every facet. And we like the good parts. But sometimes when we think about the, the parts of where we need to step out, it's sometimes a little bit daunting. But I want to say that um, out of, out of a spending time with Jesus is the place of where, where we really conjure up the, 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 um, the courage. I'm going to finish off with this, with this, just with this scripture. Um, it's, not, it's not up there, but Hebrews 12 Verse 1, 2, 3, about, it talks about, the, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off every weight. He says, let us, yeah, let us throw off sin and every weight that so easily entangles us. And let us run the race marked out for us. Um, he says, paraphrasing a little bit, but says there, For 
Um, it says, oh, and keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. And then it continues, say, for when he was confronted with a lot of stuff, um, so that we, when we confront a lot of stuff, that we will consider what he went through so that we will not lose heart. He went through a lot of stuff. So go, just go and read that for yourself. I paraphrased it a little bit. It was basically what it comes down to. <laughs> Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 3. Um, keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And it's in that that we won't lose heart. And note there that it says there, throw off sin and everything else that entangles us. There's some stuff that's not necessarily sin, but actually hinders us from running the race. For some of, it, for some of us, it's your duvet. Okay? <laughs> Struggling to get up in the morning to just spend time with Jesus. Throw it off. <laughs> okay, very practical. <laughs> okay? Um, so, be creative. If you, if, if you have like an hour or two's drive to work or whatever, like get an audio Bible and listen to Scripture while you're driving in the car. Um, or if you, whatever, just, just be creative in using your time that you have and spend, and spend time with God. Okay, in conclusion, just those two questions in the beginning. How is, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you personally? And this is kind of your takeaway, okay? This is your doggy bag, take it home, go chow it later again, okay? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you about spending time with Jesus? About the quantity and the quality. I don't want to dictate to you what you should and shouldn't be doing in terms of this. But there is something that you need to do. And maybe you've got it sorted already and that's great. And it's like, yes, Lord, it's amazing to be in your presence. But I want to, I want to really just say that even you come to the end of yourself. And sometimes God deliberately lets you run dry so that you just come back to that realization. Like, Lord, I really need you. I, I really can't do this without you. Um, and it's amazing to not have to get to that place <laughs> to actually just admit, Lord, I really can't do this without you. Thank you for the life that is in me. Thank you that I can live with you. Everything changes from that perspective of having, having been with Jesus. Um, you can go into any conflict situation. You can, you can have the most joy, and you can be content with having lots, and you can have, be content with having little. Whatever challenge that you're facing or whatever breakthrough that you've gotten, if you, have, if you spend time with Jesus, you will keep your heart in the right place. You won't be at the end of yourself on the one side, and then the other side is you won't become prideful if you do actually get a breakthrough. Okay, I want to ask the worship team to come forward. And we're going we're gonna to just sing one or two more songs. Here. We're going to spend some time specifically on... On uh, just on the, the song about good, good father, and there in the in the last verse, there's a couple of ver- there's a couple of words there that that caught my eye. Peter, you can maybe just throw that last verse up um, of good, good father. Not the chorus, the the verse. You, know. you can throw it up. I'll I'll check if it's there. It came out wrong. Don't throw it up. Just put it on there. Um, yeah, just the previous one. Okay. 
This is love so undeniable, I can hardly speak. Peace so unexplainable, I can hardly think. Next one. As you call me, deeper still. And then it repeats that, as you call me, deeper still into love, love, love. The amazing thing about spending time with God, it never gets boring. If it gets boring for you, something's wrong. Okay? Then maybe come chat to me or to any and like, I say spend time with God, spend time with Jesus and I don't have time to go into the practicalities, but basically spend time in the Word of God. If you're not sure where to start, start with the Gospels. Start with Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. Acts is also amazing. Um, well, the whole Bible is amazing. But <laughs> um, Start there and pray this simple prayer. Say, Holy Spirit, show me Jesus. Because if, as we see Jesus, we need to see the Jesus from Scripture, not the Jesus who well, even I paint for you. We need to see the Jesus of Scripture. And it's to Him that we need to become more and more like. The revelations that you've gotten by yourself of Jesus is much more special than a communicated revelation that you got through somebody actually preaching to you. So take, take time out, and we're busy with a, with a comeback campaign, and we're reading through John. So, so take John, for example, and read maybe a, a chapter or two a day, and just say, Lord Jesus, say, Holy Spirit, come and show me Jesus. And spend time and just, just allowing that word, those words to, to sink in. Maybe something practical for you, just in your own quiet times. A lot of people don't. We, we assume that people know how to just spend time with God. And just maybe, just maybe something on the side, something that helps me. Is when I, when, I, when I start having quiet time, looking, I have this thing about looking back. What is there looking back that you are thankful for? And thank God for it. If you're unsure what to thank God for, thank Him for the cross. Because that is always a good place to start and to finish, actually. <laughs> okay? So looking back. And then looking in. Looking into Scripture. What is it in Scripture? And then look at all. And then allowing, say, looking further in, how does that apply to me? And then looking forward. Say, Lord, how is this? How is this implying to my life? What is, what is it that I need to pray? What is it that I need to change to, to become more like you or to surrender more to you? Or whatever it is in that portion, whatever it is the Holy Spirit is just talking to you about. But Father, we, I, believe, I believe that this is related to, to all of us here. And Lord Jesus, we, we realize that we need to come and sit at your feet. And Lord, we run after many things, God. We run after relationship. We run after money. We run after work. And, and sometimes we just get distracted, God, by all the stuff that we need to do. And it's not our heart's intent to drift from you. But Lord, we come back, God, to this place. We're sitting at your feet. Is of first importance. And the things that need to happen around will follow Lord Jesus, there's, there's many of us here that, is, that are anxious about a lot of things, that are worried and upset about many things. And we so often, we struggle to just come and sit at your feet.
For some of us, we are worried and upset about certain things that we believe that we are entitled to, but we don't see the breakthrough, and we kind of accuse you of not giving the breakthrough. And Lord, we repent even of that. So Lord, we realize that you are the source of life. And we want to come and sit at your feet, even though we don't understand everything that's going on around us. Lord, we come to sit at your feet. You are the author of life, the beginning and the end. And Lord, I pray, God, for, for some of us, God, who's, who have kind of lost the will to really just come and sit at your feet, extend the time, because we're not sure what to do when we come to you. We get bored or we get distracted or it's not fun. Or, but I thank you, God, that you come and just awaken in us a discipline. On the one side, a discipline that just causes us to just sit at your feet, to read scripture to pray, to talk to you, to listen to your voice, allowing you to talk to us and to listen to what it is that you are saying. For some of us, God, you, I realize that you want to specifically also come and paint the picture about how you want us to relate to the rest of the body of Christ. Do I really need to be in a relationship with the body of Christ or can I just be in a relationship with you? And I pray, God, that you, out of Scripture, come and reveal that to, be, to us. Not just to take man's opinion. I believe that there is somebody here specifically that, that are asking those specific questions about, do I really need to belong to a church? Do I really need to slot in somewhere? Do I really? And I believe God is going to, my answer to you is not going to satisfy you. I believe take those questions back to God and go and search the scriptures about how you need to relate to the body of Christ. Holy Spirit, I pray specifically for that person or people that relate to that and I want to pray that you would come and paint the picture about how he or she needs to relate to the rest of the body of Christ.